Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your surreal Joe Quinn discussing the world of sports and pop culture. NFL Week 10 is in the books. Um, I will be, of course, hosting solo tonight. Uh, we will get back, Mr. Sat, very soon. I'm sure, I'm sure he would have a lot to talk about. And I'm sure part of him doesn't will no he wouldn't he wouldn't he's not gonna hide he's not gonna hide from anything he's not hiding right now but he he would want to get a lot off his chest um was able to communicate with him he's not happy right now to say the least um he is uh very down on his buffalo bills the bills mafia bills mafia is not in a good place right now uh that's all that's all there is to it but we'll get to that certainly uh very soon in, in this podcast we are in the stretch run of the season like like the season is it's everything you know everything's on the table right now um we're getting close to thanksgiving thanksgiving um we know everybody passed of course the trade deadline uh at this point you are what you are and it's just a matter of you know staying healthy and it's just a matter of what teams are going to you know there's a matter of physicality as this as the weather turns you saw this week a lot of running of the football there were a number of teams all just about all the winning teams ran the football at a very high clip had a number of teams running had over 40 carries so can you run the football will go a long way into the, the determining how well, how far a lot of these, whether or not some of these teams are going to make the playoffs or whether or not how far they, the teams that do make the playoffs, how far they're going to go. You have to be able to run the football uh, in November and December and into January. Themes of this, uh, this week, I felt the theme of this week, there's no team commanding the NFL right now. Uh, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles fell to the commanders. Even though we still, I still hate that name. Um, they were the last unbeaten team, and right now in the league, yeah, you could say Kansas City or Philadelphia is is topping the power rankings. I know there's a number of power rankings that come out every week, but the bottom line is, you know, a month ago it was Buffalo and Kansas City clearly heads and shoulders above everybody else, even Philadelphia, but now. I'm telling you right now, if I if I have a franchise quarterback and my team is relatively healthy going and we're in the playoffs, I like my chances. Like if I'm Tampa Bay, I like my chances. I'm sorry, I like with especially with that defense and you know, Tom Brady don't you know, playing up for Tom Brady standing upright. Like I don't feel like I don't fear any team if I if I if I have a franchise quarterback, the LA Chargers get if they get healthy. Uh, so there are a few teams out there that if they make the playoffs, they're not going to fear any of these top teams, period. And that's where the league is at right now. We, you've had a number, a record-setting amount of close games this year. So the league, from that standpoint, is telling you something that, you know, there is a, a ton of parity. And these teams, a lot of these teams are are very much evenly matched. All the thoughts, uh, the Buffalo segment, and certainly there were a number of thoughts with this particular game. First of all, 
let, let's get this out the way. This was not the game of the year. That's number one. I mean, <laughs> we live in a so we live such in a uh, reactionary, just to the just over overreactionary to the moment societies. It's unbelievable. Like my goodness, did you not watch the Kansas City Buffalo game earlier this season? And those two teams when they were at the the peak of their powers and how that that high level game. I mean, my, like that, it's not even close to being to that level of game. Minnesota's not on. Minnesota is very good. Minnesota's not. You know, Minnesota's not a Super Bowl team. So that this was not the game of the year. Exciting game, though. Fun game to watch. A lot of plays that were made. Uh, Buffalo Falls thirty three thirty in overtime. They dropped a six and three on the season while the Vikings continue to just com- completely run away with the NFC North and put themselves in a position where they could possibly be a number one seed, even though they're still trailing Philadelphia by virtue of the uh, the fact that Philadelphia beat them in terms of the tiebreaker. Uh, the Vikings are in a good place right now at eight and one. This was a game that Buffalo absolutely had no business losing. You're up 27-10. You are in total control of the game. Uh, the 27 27- Seven, the twenty-seven ten interception changed the entire complexion of this game. It really did. Um, that was the big one. Now you know that was the, the first of the two Patrick Peterson interceptions. Um, well, maybe it was twenty-seven. I think it was maybe it, was, it might have been even twenty-seven uh, seventeen. Regardless, you go up. If, you know, you score on that possession. 37, uh, 30 to 17, I think the game is over. Uh, definitely, you know, 34 17, the game is over. You throw an interception, they come back down the field and get a touchdown. Next thing you know, you're in a dog fight. You're, 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 next thing you know, you are fighting for your lives at 27 20, at 27 uh, 23. They missed the extra point. Um, Minnesota missed the extra point. That, that was the big one. And, you know, you look at Buffalo right now, and I'll get to Minnesota. This they have not played well since the second half of that green since the first half of the Green Bay game a couple weeks about three weeks ago. Right? So they play great, have a great first half against Green Bay. They score only three points in the second half. A, they have a disastrous game against the Jets. Blow a double. They've blown two back-to-back games where they've blown double-digit lead, double digit leads. They were up 14-3 against the Jets. Couldn't hold that. They're up, 20, they're up 27-10 against the Vikings. They're up 27-17 against the Vikings. Couldn't hold that lead. So in the last three halves, right, in the last three second halves of, of their games, Buffalo has a grand total of 12 points. 12 points by this high-powered offense led by what came coming into this game and for the most of the season has been the, the leading candidate for MVP in terms of Josh Allen. That is not the case anymore. Um, we know all the receivers they have. So questions have to be answered in terms of what has happened to the Buffalo offense. And I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know the exact answer. I mean, you can say, well, Josh Allen hasn't played well. Duh. He has 10 interceptions, which leads the league. And but why hasn't Josh Allen played well? Like what 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 is what's going on? I don't, I don't, again, I don't want to hear about last night, not last night, the uh, on Sunday about the UCLA, UCLA 
UCL injury. The bomb in the first half, he was spectacular. He threw the ball all over the place in the first half. When they put up um when they put up, you know, twenty four points. Like he threw the ball, he literally he threw the ball all over the place. So I I don't want to hear um like I yeah, I don't want to hear about the first half. He was great in the first half. Uh four interceptions in the last two four red zone interceptions in the last two games. They've been bad in the red zone all season long. Um Allen has some just bad reads uh in this game. Um both interceptions. The last especially the last interception uh was, you know, I don't like the last interception just I, I don't know what I don't know what he saw uh with that particular with that particular throw. But he's had some bad reads. He's made some bad reads and again it goes to what you like you start thinking about and thought about something Sapp said earlier in the season about knocking the team when they did not have consistently run the football. Like, and he he doesn't even count the Josh Allen rushing yards. Doesn't even count those. But come, but having a consistently thorough running game, and it seems like that has affected them uh, over these last couple of games. Now, their rushing stats are going to look gaudy in this game, but again, 84 of those yards. Josh Allen had, I think, like 84 yards rushing in this game. So you have to kind of like negate those yards, not take away those yards, but it's not the same. Having your quarterback running is just not the same as lining up, lining up and knocking somebody off the ball. It's just not the same type of physicality. Then you hear about, hey, well, maybe they should run Allen Moore in the red zone. Well, I mean, I've seen him run a, a lot in the red zone. It's not like they just – he stops running when he gets to the red zone. So, I don't think that's the problem. But something's amiss with that offense right now. It really is. It just is. I, people want to talk about the offensive line. I don't think the offensive line has, like, been bad. I think the offensive line is pretty is pretty good. Like, th- think about it. They have been, listen, they have been – they came in uh, – and, then, and even in this game, they had well over. They had close to five hundred yards of offense. Like they've been at, the, they've been the number one like offense for a lot of this, a lot of this season, or top three of, for most of this season. I gotta give the defense a kind of a pass because it's really, the, it's really their first bad performance. Your defense is gonna give up unless you're the, unless you're the two thousand Ravens a. Even the 85 Bears had the bad game against the Miami Dolphins on that Monday night, which was their only loss in that Super Bowl, uh, that 18-1 season. Your defense is going to have one game where they just don't have it. And the secondary, of course, we know how banged up that secondary is. And Minnesota and, and Justin Jefferson, who's just a spe- spectacular player, may be pound for pound the best receiver in football, uh, took advantage of that. Full advantage of it. So again, I look at Buffalo. I I think that you I like this is it. This is as concerned um, as I've been of them in a long for I think all season. Like I really like this at this I've you know I didn't overreact to them to you know I didn't overreact to the Miami loss. I thought divisional game uh, at Miami 
we look we know what Miami has done. We know look at Miami right now. They're seven and three. So they they could be a team that could maybe make a Super Bowl run. Who knows? They don't react to that game. The Jet game, you know, that was one where it was like, okay, we might have something. But again, Jets, very good team, very good defense, divisional game on the road. This one, I think you have to, you know, fire the alarm. I think you have to sound the alarm because this was a game that a Super Bowl winning team, a Super Bowl team with Super Bowl aspirations does not lose at home. You're on a mission. You are trying to get back to uh, the AFC Championship. You're on this. You you are on. You're supposed to be. On, you know, have the eye of the tiger. This is a game, and coming off a loss at that uh, against the Jets, you know, this is normally where the Bills would bounce back and and and, and stop a mud hole in the, in the Vikings, which they should have. So this is this is a, 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 a this is clearly. An alarming loss. Now again, you know, and well, I can echo. I can tell you what Rob Sapp said or text me. He basically said that they look like a you know they look they're a dumb football team right now, and they look like a you know fuck Josh Allen. He did say that in verbatim. Fuck Josh Allen, and they did. Um, he did say they look like a first round exit. That's what he said. A wild card, first round wild card exit right now. Um. I don't know what's happening at halftime with the lack of adjustments as far as offensively. Again, we praised them at the beginning of the year, myself and, and, and Rob Sapp, about the adjustments that you know they would make and, and basically shut other teams out. Like They shut the Rams out. They shut the Titans out. Um, they shut somebody else out, too, that didn't score. I don't, it might have been Pittsburgh, maybe, or maybe it wasn't Pittsburgh. It might have been Pittsburgh, but they had there were three, three teams that they shut out in the second half. And we were praising them in terms of, the, the, matter of fact, even the adjustments they made against Kansas City over the course of the game. That has gone in that you know that's that's in reverse. That, that has gone the opposite direction. Like they've been flat out out coached in the second half of these games in the last couple of weeks. Period. By teams that are not as talented as them. Jets, we know the Jets aren't nearly as talented as them, despite you know what they've. Um, Done what they what they have defensively, and even Minnesota's not as talented as they are. So, I think that again, you don't panic. Here's the thing about the NFL people: uh, every season has four to five twists and turns. I don't care who you are. You're going to at some point, where it's through injuries, poor play, you are going to have to deal. Every team is going to have to deal with a crisis situation, a football crisis situation. That's that's just the nature of the NFL. Like that's just it is what it is. Uh, Philadelphia could be going through it, you know, coming off the loss against Washington. This could be the beginning of theirs. They, I mean, who knows? They could have a two a two three game losing streak coming up. We just, you, I mean, that's that's just how that's just the NFL right now. So every team deals with it. Kansas City dealt with it last year. And we thought they were coming, they, and they end up making the AFC, AFC championship. So I don't care who you are, unless you're this all-time great juggernaut team, which they, which they, we know they're not. They, they, there are, are zero teams like that on that level right now in the NFL. You're going to go through 
a, a stretch of games where you're not playing well. Even if you're winning, you're not playing well. So we'll see. They have veteran coaches. They're a team that's been to an AFC championship. They've been in the playoffs the last three or four years. Um, we'll see what they're made of. Are these fixable? Yes. They're going to start getting some people back in their secondary? Yes. Do they still have pound for pound the most talented in the league? Yes. But, you know, this idea that they were going to just run all over the league, run rough shot through the even the AFC, that's, that's not going to happen. And they have completely just thrown away that Kansas City win. That Kansas City win basically – I'm not going to say it doesn't mean anything because they still hold the tiebreaker against Kansas City. But right now, you look at you look at the standings. Kansas City is a game ahead of Buffalo. Okay, Kansas City seven and two. They are a game ahead of Buffalo. Buffalo will be in a dog fight, right? A dog fight to just to win, just to get to the playoffs and to win their just to win their division. They'll make the playoffs, but they're going to be in. The, you know, they are they basically trail Miami by like a game and a half. Remember, Miami beat them the first time. Miami right now seven and three. The Jets are right there, okay. And Jets have already and Jets have beaten them. So they they have their work cut out for them. If they are the team that Bob Sapp thought they could be, then you know what? You take your lumps, you brush this aside, and you go still out. You and you go out there for the rest of the season to handle your business. Like there's no. You know everything is still in front of them, still right there, still right there for them. So, you know, we'll see what they're made of. As far as Minnesota, listen, Minnesota, you know, a lot, you know, wanted to play, kind of wanted to had a chip on their shoulder. We don't get any respect. I give Minnesota a lot of credit. Uh, they got some help from Buffalo, but they went out there on the road. You know, Kirk Cousins was not playing great by any stretch of imagination. Justin Jefferson was making him look like a Hall of Famer with some of the catches that he was that he was making. But they got down double digits on the road, fought back, made plays, and and stole the game. That's all there is to it. Like I, you know, I give them all the credit in the world. I don't think Minnesota is a Super Bowl team. Now, you know, could Minnesota make a conference championship? Sure. All they because if they especially if they get home field advantage, all they had to do is win one playoff game to to accomplish that. Is, do, I, do I think Minnesota, again, is one of the three or four teams that can win the Super Bowl? Absolutely not. And there will be a number of teams that I will like going into the playoffs outside of Minnesota if they do make the playoffs. Like, I would, San Francisco, the Chargers, teams like that, Tampa Bay, like, I Minnesota, I, I, I just don't think that it is. I think that they're overachieving. I don't trust Kirk Cousins in the big spot. I think that you can, a good defense can somewhat negate we saw the Eagles do it earlier this season. Can negate Justin Jefferson with the right game plan? Uh, Buffalo just didn't have a just didn't had had no secondary. Like they had nothing in the secondary. And even with that said, I can make a case that you know, literally, all Kirk Cousins was just targeting one guy. Like every like you could you knew what Kirk Cousins was going with the football on in, in, in literally like almost down the stretch of that game. In the uh, fourth quarter overtime of that game, period. Like, you, like, it just, he throwing the coverage. He was going to Jefferson, you know, sink or swim. So, um, I'm not sold on Minnesota. They deserve their, they deserve respect as far as they're going to win that division. They, they could get in there with home field advantage, but they're not a team that I think could get to or let alone win the Super Bowl. 
as far as the game of the week, uh, this actually probably, I can make a case, was a better game. Uh, Green Bay saves its season with a, a, with a just a must-win game victory over the, the Dallas Cowboys. They improved the four and six. They have another home game tomorrow against the Titans. We'll see if they can kind of like uh, make one of these um, runs down the stretch. They listen in the AMC. They're 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 not out of it in the AMC because the AMC uh, they're going to be there's going to be a team that's that's five hundred that probably makes the playoffs in, with that last wild card spot. So they are still in it. Uh, they play they without question play had their best performance of the season, especially offensively. Uh, Rogers. With the three touchdowns, the game plan was perfect from an offensive standpoint. Green Bay ran the ball 39 times with only 20 passes. They ran down Rock Dallas' throat, 207 yards rushing. Uh, big day for Aaron Jones. Um, you see the the young, the rookie Christian Watson with the three touchdown pass catches. Um, even with that said, this was a game that Dallas was not supposed to lose. Um, this is why you can't trust Dallas ever. Because they're gonna find a way to just do something. They they can't get out their own way. Um, they were up in that game. You know, you're up. You are up twenty. You're up by fourteen points in the second half, right? So Dallas was even Troy was was either up or that game was relatively close throughout. Okay, matter of fact, Dallas had the biggest lead at four, at twenty eight fourteen going into the fourth quarter. Dallas forty six passes, thirty one runs, and they had their thirty one run. The thirty one runs was one hundred fifty nine games. Pollard had a big time game with no Ezekiel Elliott. I just don't understand why. Why would you throw the run, run throw the ball forty six times? Okay, when Green Bay clearly is a team that could be run on, clearly. Green Bay's pass defense is actually a strength, but they clearly you can run on Green Bay. So they're playing right into the pat the Packers' hands by throwing the ball that many times. And you know we discussed and we've discussed all season long when when Robert Sapp with Robert Sapp. You know you look at Dallas. So we can use number the stat from Dallas. The stat of Dallas is an incredible stat. Coming into that game, Dallas was a hundred and ninety-five and zero with a fourteen, with at least a fourteen-point lead going to the fourth quarter. I think I, I want to say, going to the fourth quarter. Yeah, going to the fourth quarter. Yeah. So you know why that is, okay? Why that is? Emmitt Smith, Tony Dorsett, Hall of Famer at the Hall of Famer on the offensive line. Great offensive lines. That's why that is. They know they over the course of their, of their history, when they've when they've been good or at championship level, they could salt away a game, salt away a game with their running attack. I watched it growing up. Troy Aikman and Emmitt Smith and the offensive line, Jimmy Johnson. They when Dallas was up, you know Emmitt was going to be he was going to get the rock almost on just about every down. <laughs> like it was the game. Dallas had a lead. The game was over. The offensive line was just going to lead on you. You were going to wilt, and that was it. It was lights out. Um, Dak Prescott, very good player. He's not that guy. Like he's not a guy. He's not that guy who you say Dak. 
Go put the ball in your hands. Go out there and win us the game. Win, win us the game. No. He can put up some gaudy numbers for fantasy, but he, you know, and I'm not even talking about the two interceptions. One of them probably wasn't his fault. But regardless, I'm not I'm not putting Dak Prescott in a position where I want to like run my offense through Dak Prescott. Uh and depend on Dak Prescott's right arm for my office. No, that's like you're just not. You're playing. You're playing right right into the defense's hands with that because you have a great offensive line and you're able to run the ball on almost anybody. And even the second half of that Eagle game, they ran the ball. And I didn't think they were going to be able to run the ball at all against the Eagles. But that even with, with a backup quarterback, they were able to run the ball against a very good, a top and a, a top Eagle defense. With the backup quarterback, so that tells you how how great their offensive line is. That they have a top, they have a legit top five offensive line. Offensive line now it's not what it was when Dak and Ezekiel first got into the league. Uh, Martin and Tyrone Smith are older, okay, but you know Zach Martin is still a big time player. Uh, Smith is not the player he once was, but they still they they I mean they. Done a good job at drafting and developing offensive linemen and getting the right getting the right ones. Uh, they had they still have a top offense. They still have a top flight offensive line. And again, every time they throw a ball to me, they're doing a defensive favor. They really are. So we'll see what Green Bay does with this win. Um, Green Bay has to be kicking themselves losing it to Detroit though. <laughs> oh my goodness, that that would be like that one. That that's the one that if they don't make the playoffs, they'll be saying like, "Really, we lost to that team." Um, so, but they keep their season alive, and again, it's very simple. It's it's simple, but both these teams should have the same philosophy. Okay, run the ball, play to play to your defense. Like both these teams should have the same exact philosophy, uh, for different reasons, but for for uh, not because I think I I still think Aaron Rodgers is a better player than. Than Troy, uh, than uh, Dak Prescott, but you know he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers. They don't have the weapons uh, to throw to. So, but they both should have the same op- offensive philosophy uh, and, and run you know, from that standpoint of, of, of playing to their uh, to their run to their running game and their defense. Games of note: uh, Tennessee, Denver. This game you could have predicted without even watching it. You didn't even have to watch to know what, what it was going to end up. It's going to be a close game. The Denver defense would keep them hanging around, but Tennessee would find a way to win a close game, and that's exactly what happened, 17-10. Denver, uh, like, there has to be a divide in that locker room right now. Their defense right now is the number one scoring defense in the league, only giving up, like, 16 points a game. The problem is their offense is one of the worst scoring offenses in the last closest in the last 56 years. Through nine games, they are averaging 14.6 points per game in an offensively dominated era. That is the lowest output of a team through nine games since 1966. They have been historically bad offensively. Historically bad. And again, you want to not you want to blame Russell Wilson? Go ahead, knock yourself out. Yes, he has not played well, but I like I need to see Russell Wilson with a competent coaching staff. Uh, and Nathaniel Hackett, we've said this over the course of the season with this podcast, he ain't it. Like, because there, there's no way 
with that defense that this team should not make the playoffs. There's no we with that 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 is a Super Bowl defense that they're wasting. A Super Bowl defense. That's how good that defense is. And they keep them in almost every game. Keep them in almost every single game. And there's nothing worse as a fan. I'm not a Denver fan, but as a fan, when your defense is one is, is a top defense, but your offense can't get out of its own way, that that will drive you nuts. It might like I remember in 2004, uh, you know, Washington, the Commanders. Of course, that wasn't their name at the time. They had a legit top five defense, but the offense was horrible, and they went like six and ten or seven and nine. Six, I think they were six and I think they went six and ten uh, that year. And they should have been that defense. They should have been, you know. Probably eleven and five with that defense. So, I I don't see how Nathaniel Hackett is the coach next year. I just don't see it. Well, like you, you can't waste Russell, you can't waste Russell Wilson prime years. Like he's still high. I still think he's in his prime, regardless of what his numbers look like. I, I don't buy the fact that he can't play anymore. I just don't. I, I I need to see him with a competent offensive coaching, a competent coaching staff, and we'll see. Where he's at, uh, really in terms, we'll really see where he's at. Uh, Chargers, San Francisco, uh, San Francisco dominates the second half and win twenty two sixteen. Though I still was impressed by the Chargers, considering all the injuries they have. They, I mean, their best offensive lineman Slater is out, all pro. They're all you know, no Mike Williams, no Keenan Allen, uh, no Joey Bosa. Um, I, I think the charge, the Chargers will, the Chargers will be fine. San Francisco again. Ran the ball down their throats in the second half. Their defense completely shut. They held uh, Los Angeles to like fifty yards, like maybe sixty yards of offense in the second half. Some just some ridiculous number. Maybe it's a little more than that, but it wasn't. They barely. If they, I, I don't think the Chargers cracked a hundred yards in the second half. Um, Chargers had to gain had this opportunity to kind of put some distance between them and San Francisco in the first half, but were not able to and. Um, San Francisco uh, 49ers did enough offensively uh, to uh, win this game. Of course, again, they listen. We know they have a top defense. We know what type of play caller Kyle Shanahan is. That is a team that I would not, when I repeat, would not want to see in the playoffs uh, in, in, in that in that wild, in the second round, in that divisional round. If I'm, if I'm one of those top two seeds, I want once no part of San Francisco. In that division around, if I'm Philadelphia or Minnesota, or if it, even if it's like the Giants, are no, I mean zero parts of that team because that team can they can maul you to death physically. They have a running game that will travel. We know they have a defense that will travel. Um, that 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 is a that's that's a scary team. They are a very scary team, uh, to say the least. Uh, now Jimmy G is still gonna be Jimmy G at times. But um, I want I want again. If you're in the AFC, you want no parts of that team uh, in the playoffs. You hope that that team does not make the playoffs. And I would say the same thing about the Chargers. If I'm the AFC, I want Justin Herbert is going to spectacular. We know what Keenan Allen and Mike Williams can do. I want no parts of that team because they can put they can put a number of points on you in, in a heartbeat. And again, when they get Joey Bosa back. You put him alongside Khalil Mack, that defense, and you know that defense becomes scary with that front seven. Derwin James is a, is a beast. Um, they 
I want no parts of that team in the AFC. None. They are, again, if I was a, a team up top, I would be rooting for them not to make the playoffs, to be perfectly honest with you. Similar to San Francisco. We'll change gears a bit. Um, of course, Nas came out with King's Disease 3 last Friday. Uh, every review, and I know you don't read reviews, but I was just curious in regards to with the Nas, uh, how people would, would, would receive this album. Every review has been great like, as far as people love the album for the most part. The, the critics, Hip Hop DX, love the album. Um, Nas is on a historic run right now as far as Forget about late in his career. I'm just talking about in any part of any rapper's career. This is one of the great runs. This might be the best run that we've ever seen. You're talking the three KD albums along with Magic. Uh, that's three undeniable classic albums. Magic is not a classic, but I mean, Lafayette, I know people that like Magic better than KD too, which I think is crazy, but Magic was a great album as well. Um, only Kendrick or Kanye, I feel like, can match this this run that Nas is on. You first the first three uh Kanye albums I think were classics. Uh and I believe Kendrick's probably first four were classics, to be honest with you. Minimum three. Like damn, Pimple Butterfly and Good Kid Mad City are undeniable classics. Some might argue section eighty or and you know his last album might not be not being class. I don't think his last album was a classic, even though it's in the conversation for album a year. But Kendrick's had had at least probably four. But that's a very short list. Like who had whoever artists I mean, Jay Z never had Jay Z had never had back to back classic albums. Even Biggie had back to had two back to back classics, you know, before, you know, his tragic uh tragic murder. Uh but this is rarefied air that Nas is that like this is, a, I mean, I you know I posted something about it the other day on Facebook, and somebody and I said, you know, said what I'm t- telling you that no rapper we haven't seen this out of rapper, and somebody said somebody had to go and compare Michael Jackson's run, like that's how like I didn't even I, I didn't say in all of music I just said rap, but that's how that that is how incredible that this run is that someone would have to go and say compare. You know, one of the greatest artists ever. They'd be like, "Oh no, he had this run." Um, and the thing about Nas is Nas is going to be Nas. Like Nas is grown man music. It's music that's going to be timeless. Is uh, is you know, I, I think he's entered that rock and roll, roll acting type ordeal where you see, like, put sports aside, right? So sports, right? You get to a certain age. Physically, you're not able to do what you professional athletes have to retire. They just eventually they're gonna fall off. Like we want to say, that magic number is so depending on the sport. Mostly, at say after thirty, we know LeBron, Tom Brady have pushed that envelope. But in your thirties, it's what ch- chances are you're gonna be done. Well, in life, like you as a human being, you hit forties, fifties. You mentally should be like kind of constantly evolving you should be at a place where if you're an artist you see actors you see um you know people in rock and roll you see these rock and roll legendary rock and roll groups last or you know the rolling stones are still out there selling out concerts 
You know what I'm saying? So it's like, as an artist, that that prime can go into you, you know, in your 60s, if you lived long enough, even into in your 70s. I mean, you got, again, you have artists out here like Lionel Richie, Stevie Wonder, those guys are still going. So I think Nas has entered that realm to where this doesn't stop until he wants it to stop. If he, until he, until, like, if he has the passion to still make music, this is not going to stop anytime soon. Uh, he doesn't even have to release every year. To be honest with you, like it's not like he has a release every year, but he, you know, he's at a point where, like, clearly, he, you know, he's always going to be able to tell. Like, he's always going to be the best, the best storyteller. That, like, his storytelling is like is second to none. But again, his perspective on life, you know, talking about, you know, twice a man, you know twice a child once a man like shit like that or you know 30 summers you know i almost been here for 30 summers which is you know incredible when you think about it and he's had a 28 year career like Nas came out in 1994 you know i think this was his 15th album the body of work if you look at Nas's total body of work it is undeniable like there's no there's no equal to it his total body of work now i i think like there are albums. There's only one Nas album that I could say I really didn't care for, and that was Nostradamus. But that wasn't a bad album. That's just I think probably the worst Nas album. But that wasn't a bad album. Like to have 15 albums, and you know I think the definition of just pure of just genius and 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 just an artist, a master at their craft. When you start listening to other stuff that they came out with, like today I was listening to Life is Good because I heard somebody say, well, damn, that Life is Good. They were, they were mentioning about top five Nas albums and trying to rank them and so on and so on. And they talked about how, you know, underrated Life is Good. And I like, let me check it out. I hadn't heard Life is Good in, in a couple, in a few years. And I'm like, damn, this is, this is incredible. Like, yeah, I, like, I was reminded. So he, right now, again, it, this does not stop until he wants it to stop. And I, I, I and again, this, and you know, to his credit, sign, you know, him getting, him, you know, signing, hooking up with Hit Boy, has like is 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 a game changer. It's a game, it's a game changer in the history of hip hop. Like this is going, we're going to look at this this act of his career. This this kind of like, I would say, this is probably the third act of Nas's career. Like I say, like he's had, I would say, Illmatic to I'm trying to think. Say Illmatic to Nostradamus was the first act. Then you had Stillmatic to uh, Life is Good was the second act. And now in the third act, I would say uh, Nasir through up until this point. Or a matter of fact, you can even say this is the fourth act. You can say Nasir hit the album he did with Kanye was his own separate entity. And now this is the fourth act of his career. So KD3 up until this point, these last four albums are kind of his own entity. So, you know, that, that it, listen, <laughs> whatever act that you picked out, he's been consistent like he's been consistently great like throughout this ent entire time there's been um you know 
to me, uh, there's been no fall off whatsoever. I mean, I know people want to try to come at it before Stillmatic came out with Jay-Z and all that, but, I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, I Am was a great album. Nostradamus was a suspect. It was a suspect album. Uh, wasn't great, but there still was no, like, it wasn't, you know, his mom was sick at that time. He, His mom was sick doing stuff like that. Uh, so he was down from that standpoint, but then he bounced back. He goes Stillmatic, God, he goes still mad at Godson Street Disciple back to back to basically back to back to back and you know kind of put that to a rest that there was any type fall off. But again, this run right here, like you're talking KD to KD, these three KD, the, the three KD threes and and magic. It is again, this is rarefied air right here. Like I said, this is I only only Kendrick and Kanye have had runs that were consecutive classic and just not great albums consecutive that's the key word consecutive and i looked at it, no like jay-z tupac whoever you want to throw in eminem none, none of those artists uh had consecutive albums a, a, a run like this in with consecutive albums nobody nobody and don't even put don't even put drake's name in there please Just stop it uh stock up for the nfl minnesota Vikings are eight and one. They are the clearly the class of the NFC South. That was a big time win, one of the most impressive wins of the season. They have to be considered stock up, and they definitely should be feeling good about themselves as a Super Bowl contender. I don't feel good about them as Super Bowl contender, but if you play for the team or you're part of that organization, you definitely feel like you can go to and possibly win a Super Bowl. Stock down, Buffalo Bills. I mean, let's call the let's you know they've lost two straight games. They haven't looked. They have played basically, basically, what? How many good quarters in the last three games? The first half of the Green Bay game, uh, maybe one quarter in the Jets game. So maybe five quarters. They, they played probably maybe four to five quarters in the last three games. Um, uh, they are trending. Uh, they are trending down. Josh Allen has had issues in the red with these red zone interceptions. They're in there. Offense has boggled, has been ter- has been horrific in the second half. I, I mentioned earlier, only twelve points in the last three games in the second half of uh, in the second halves of these games. And again, they look like a team that um, you want to say peak too early, or you want to say you know handling the pressure of being a Super Bowl of being a favorite. I don't know, but. They are again. They're headed in the wrong direction. Stock, so their stock is definitely down. But guess what? It's six, they are six and three, uh, and there are still eight games left. So they do have enough time to right the ship and get back to the status of being a top Super Bowl caliber team. Who won the week? The culture. I mean, you had a you had a weekend right from Thursday. Uh, from Thursday on, you had. Nas, excuse me, you had Black Panther 2 come out. You had Nas' album drop, and you had Chappelle on Saturday Night Live. So the culture run, the culture won big this week. That's all there is to it. Now, again, everybody, you know, <laughs> everybody, uh, there was some criticism, of course, with, with the Chappelle on uh, Saturday Night Live. I don't believe anything that was said that was anti-Semitic, to be honest with you. I, I think Chappelle is just a genius. And he broke it down, I thought, perfectly. Like how he broke it down with Kanye 
and Kyrie Irving. And remember, remember, remember this about Chappelle. He's been in the game for a long time. This guy, remember, he was doing comedy clubs at the age of like 15. So he he says he has 35 years of plus of experience. He's seen a lot, seen a lot in the, in this game. So he knows he can speak from from experience that very few have when it comes to the business. And he's seen this guy. This is a guy that walked away from 50 million dollars. Okay, so you want to question his? You can listen. You can disagree with his his content, his opinions on on what have you, uh, all to the cows go home. But I don't really think that you can really knock somebody's character who walked away from fifteen from fifty million dollars. It's really hard from that standpoint to say that this guy and remember about the thing about Chappelle. Chappelle lives in, you know, what, Yellow Springs, Ohio. He's not one of these Hollywood, you know, he's not he's not out here, you know, doing the Hollywood thing and out there doing, you know, with the he seems to me to be as real as they come. And there, there's no comedian, very few artists that bring people together like Chappelle uh, and what he's done for comedy. So I, I think with Chappelle, you have to you have to be you have to you have to be fair in terms of in terms of explaining the entire package before you, you know, try to whip him in regards to some, some of the things that he does say. And you have to, and you have, the thing about Chappelle is you have to look at his what his overall point is and not just focus on uh talking points or you'll just miss miss what he's saying completely so the culture to me won uh won the week biggest disappointment um yeah the buffalo bills i mean like you you know at one point uh were the best team in the league you now even with a top quarterback, even with a number one a coming into that game, a number one defense, um, lost two straight games. Uh, they look like a team, like I said, they are a team going in the wrong direction. And again, I can't figure out why their offense is struggling the way it is in the second half. Uh, again, I I would love to just like you can give me obvious things. Hey, they struggling in the red zone. Yes, they struggling in the red zone. Why? Why are you struggling in the red zone when you have one of the best running quarterbacks in the league and it's still a decent offensive line? That that's they don't have a mediocre offensive line. Like the offensive line, their offensive line to me is much better than when it was last year. It really is. Like when they want to run the ball, they able they're able to run the football. So I I don't understand why they've struggled. This why they played this poorly in the second half of the uh, of these games. But again, if this keeps up. To Mr. To Robert South's point, they will be a one and done team because the AFC is loaded. The AFC, even even with the AFC West not being what we thought it was going to be, you still have can you still you have Kansas City, you still have a Cincinnati team that can get hot, you still have the Charger team that nobody wants to see, you still have uh you have the Dolphins is our team that could maybe win it all, who knows? So the AFC is still loaded despite. The fact that the uh, and listen and people who are going to hate this, the Deshaun the, the Deshaun Watson factor is still out there for whoever Cleveland plays. I don't think Cleveland's going to make the playoffs, but they you you put him on the team, you like putting him having to deal with with him and some of the weapons they have offensively, offensively with their ability to run the ball, 
they could they're gonna spoil they're gonna knock some team out the playoffs. I'm trying to tell you right now, they're gonna they're gonna call they're going to impact the playoff picture in some shape, way, or form. Either knocking a team out the playoffs or costing somebody like Baltimore or Cincinnati a division. Like that that team is too talented and you put a competent quarterback with that offense with that offensive line and some of the players they had in, the, in that running game, they're gonna be in the mix as far as just causing havoc. And uh, so the AFC is loaded, is loaded. And if you're Buffalo, again, you like the worst thing you could be is playing the type of football they're playing right now. But again, they have, they still have time to write the shit. But they are definitely considering the expectations and considering the loss, the Jet loss last week, definitely to me were the uh, biggest disappointment. Week ten. Uh, big game, good game tomorrow. I mean, we'll see if Green Bay can carry, can um, uh, can uh, continue, can win a second straight game, and kind of have. The, is there going to be a carryover effect uh, from that game, from the uh, Dallas game? Uh, Tennessee, we know, uh, will run the ball. They gone. They you can run the ball on Green Bay. So can Tannehill make enough plays? Um. Can Green Bay keep Aaron Rodgers upright? Tennessee has a very good defense. That defense is legit top 10. Uh, a legit top 10 defense. They, I think they're eighth in scoring defense. They have guys, like we saw what they did to Kansas City's offense. So if they can do that to Kansas City's offense, we know that they can. They will be able to ha- uh, somewhat handle Green Bay's offense. I kind of like Green Bay because I don't like teams having to travel on Thursday night, Thursday on those, these short weeks. Kind of, you know, I think it's a major advantage for the home team playing on a short week. And Green Bay is still, still a desperate football team. But I think, uh, I think Green Bay wins a close game. But certainly, you're not surprised at uh, shocked, 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 or surprised if Tennessee does come out with the win. Dallas and Minnesota. I, I now I could be mistaken, but the last time I checked, Dallas was favored in this game and at Minnesota, which I I don't quite understand. Um, I'm gonna check again because I, I don't like that's that's like what like huh <laughs> how how's Dallas favorite at Minnesota I, I don't get it um they uh again these are teams I I don't like Dallas's approach at all um uh, they still make dumb mistakes they still um uh, to me I don't like how Dak. Uh, like, you know, Dak had a bad game. I know he was coming off two very good games. I I just don't think Dallas just plays to his strengths enough. Um, and I think that they will make enough mistakes, to be honest with you, that Minnesota will um, find a way to win this game. Minnesota has been great in these close games over the course of the season. I think they're undefe- they think they, they're undefeated in one score games as in comparison to last season. Yeah, Dallas is a is a one point is a point and a half favorite. I don't get that. I I, I honestly don't don't get that. And like yeah, I I I think Minnesota should be a field goal. It should be a three point favorite. I mean it's, it is a borderline pickup game. I'll give you that. But to me, uh yeah Dallas like this they're not like Dallas hasn't earned that that type of you know they're not that type of team that, that they should be favored against an eight one team on the road like no 
Uh, Kansas City and the Chargers, looking forward to this game. Chargers played well the first time they played Kansas City. Um, should have probably should have beat Kansas City. Now, the Chargers could be getting back two of these receivers. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both listed as questionable. Um, so they could be getting healthy at the right time. Bosa is not coming back. Bosa and Slater probably won't be back until like week 13 uh, at the earliest. So, But the Chargers could be probably get back Mike Williams and maybe Keenan Allen. Um, if the Chargers want any chance of winning the division, they have to win this game. Right now, they they dropped. They are five and four right now. Um, they're five and four right now. Kansas City is seven two, seven two with a win over the Chargers earlier. So, if Kansas City wins wins this game, that, that division that division for all intents and purposes will be it'll be a wrap for that division if Kansas City uh, wins this game. Um, so that is your week ten preview. Uh, it was a great week last week in the NFL. Great, some great, like some great football. Uh, we are in the stretch of the season where we're going to start to see a lot of divisional games. Um, the AFC, you know, most of the division, like so, AFC East is still up for grabs. The NFC West is still up for grabs. I. Despite Philly's loss, I still think that they are in total control of that division. They still are up three games, um, three games, uh, in essence, three games because they beat Philadelphia earlier. Uh, the North, again, AFC North is up for grabs between Baltimore and Cincinnati. I, I think the, the West is probably over. Like, I, I think I don't see Kansas City losing that division. But most of them, and, and of course, we know the AFC, AFC North is long gone. But most of the divisions, the majority of the divisions are there's still some a, a number of these division races that are still up for grabs. Uh, Tampa, keep your eye on Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay had a great, excellent win against Seattle. They their defense has played well basically the entire season, minus the Kansas City game. Brady started starting to play better. They went back to their they went back to kind of like a three yards in the cloud dust offense with the they ran the ball a lot. Against Seattle, so they kind of took some pressure off Brady. Brady had thrown just too many passes, to be honest with you. Uh, so watch out for watch out for Tampa Bay. They're, they're starting to kind of round in the form with a couple wins in a row. A um, couple of thoughts before I let you go. Yeah, Tua. Yeah, Tua stays hot. He's playing at an MVP type le- MVP level. He should be in the MVP conversation. He right now has the fourth best odds behind Mahomes, Allen, and Jalen Hurts. Um, he has played spectacular since uh, since after the Pittsburgh game. After Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh game, we know he was shaky. But the last three games, he has three touchdowns. He has like nine touchdowns and no interceptions, completing like seventy six percent of his passes. Um, and right and right now is the number one uh, ranked number one ranked quarterback in the league right now, and in terms of rating and also QBR. Those are the two main metrics they look at when they're ranking quarterbacks. Um, so he's been unbelievable. And think about this, right? This is how quick, this is how wild the NFL can be. A month ago, three weeks, three weeks ago, or a month ago, we were talking, we we were talking like maybe this guy's career is, is over. <laughs> Do you remember? I mean, think about it. I, I said on this podcast, I don't think he should play for the rest of the year at at, at worst. 
minimum for the rest of the year. I, I, I think I did not think he would play. And we're talking about lawsuits and stuff, all this, you know, that, I mean, that story has almost, has basically gone dissipated with his, with his play. Like that has, to, that has become a non-story fast the way he's played. I mean, he's, he has right now, he has 18 touchdowns, three interceptions. He is, again, he, um, he is right there for MVP. I think Mahomes probably will get it. Um, but Tua, I think Tua is going to be right there. Tua is going to be right there for MVP. Like, if Miami goes like, you know, 12 and 5, or I don't think they'll go 13 4. If Miami is like in that 12 and 5, 11, 6, 12 and 5 range, and he, let's say he's like, you know, 30, if he's like 35 touchdowns, four, five interceptions, something like that, I mean, it's it's not out of realms of possibility that he wins the MVP. It's right he he'll be right there. Uh great win for Washington. Um, they completely outplayed Philadelphia. At one point they had the ball for like thirty minutes. Philadelphia had it like for like seven. They ran the ball like forty seven times in that game. Um they again the game plan was flawless. We're gonna run the ball, convert it on Thursday down, third down, kept General Hurts off the field and turned Philadelphia over. Every, they did everything they needed to do to negate the fact that there is a major talent differential between those two teams, despite the fact Philadelphia still had a chance um, with the last, you know, uh, at the end. But uh, they got, you know, Philadelphia gets the dumb penalty, and Washington, in essence, where they were basically able to run the clock out before, you know, that last meaningless touchdown they got uh, to make it 31, 32-21. Probably Probably the best game that they've played in maybe the Ron the Ron Rivera era. Now you could say the Tampa game. Uh, there are two games that stand out: Pittsburgh game in the during the pandemic when Pittsburgh was undefeated a couple of years ago. Now that, that game was at Pittsburgh with no fans, and Tampa Bay game in Washington last year. So those are probably these that somewhere wherever order you want to put it in, put put it put it in. Those are the three best performances Washington has had. In the Ron Rivera era, uh, Washington improves to five and five. They are still well in the playoff hunt. Um, so we'll see what happens. I right, listen. I don't want to see Carson Wentz back on the field. We, he's going to eventually come back on come back. But uh, listen, I'm not again. I'm not sitting up here making Taylor Heineke out to be, uh, you know, Nick Foles from 2017. But that team, the that team plays with. Way more energy with Tyler, with Taylor Heineke, and there's there's a belief in Taylor Heineke that that was not there with Carson Wentz. That's just that that is not even a question. So Rivera's gonna have an interesting decision on his hands. Again, no one should like there is not set in stone that you have to bring that you have to bring back Carson Wentz like that. I I like I don't see how. Like Carson Wentz has not earned that type of cachet over the last three or four years the way with the way he's played to where he should be like that should be his job. Like, no. Like I, I just so he's eventually gonna come back. We'll see what happens. But I like I said, I don't I don't see I, I as a fan of the team, I don't want to see Carson Wentz on the field, near the field. It's just and that's just my opinion from that standpoint. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I will see you next time. Again, I, we have a lot of stuff out 
right now. Uh, we're going to have this out. Of course, we still have the Love Jones 25 podcast. Have a lot of fun doing that with with, uh, with Tiffany, with Tiffany Queen Quinn. Um, so check that out. I will see you next time. Have a great, great rest of your evening. So long.